I'm Drea. I'm Meg. I'm Tina. And I'm Jess. And this is Pardon My Stash. Welcome to Pardon My Stash, a hip-happening and cool podcast about knitting and the fiber arts and how awesome it is. Before we get into today's topics, let's see what everybody's working on, Tina. I am continuing work on the Geometry Study Cowl by Sarah Duran, and I am enjoying it very much, and I am on my second color, or the main color, or the other color. <laughs> the next color. <laughs> the next color. <laughs> And uh, it's going well. And I, even though it is well past the make-along, I don't care. I'm going to keep working on it yeah. because it makes me happy. Perseverance. Yeah. Yes. It's admirable. You do you, boo. Meg, what you working on? I am working on the Namu cowl. I'm just doing all the cowls this You're year. You're doing what? It's called the Namu. Like, like sounds fun. Like it does sound fun. The sh- the, the, the killer whale, yeah, from from Sea World. Like I, I was going about to say Shamu. Yeah. yeah, Namu. Namu was another killer whale. Oh. Anyway, um, it's called the Namu cowl. It's by Knitboop Designs. Um, Knit-boop. I'm just I'm kind everything of, about this pattern is fun, right? Um, I'm just kind of like doing a lot of cowls this year, and it's because I I like, can't stand being on Sleeve Island anymore. And I just started, and I hate it. I hate every minute of it. I want this sweater so bad, but I can't stand to do it, so it's not boating well. It's looking great. Thank it does you. look good. Thank you. I am knitting this out of some yarn that I dyed. Um, yeah. So it is, it's What really, colorway is it? Uh, we haven't really decided on a name for it yet. We've got a couple floating around, but it's a um, pale blue over white with some um, bright gold flecks. It is a wild magic that may get a name later. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Jess. I am still working on the Shalloween. I am back to the border and further on it than I was. And it's this fun little Yay. roughly thing. It's fun. It's it's kind of done in the way of the Celtic myth shawl edging where it's like you're knitting it onto the border as you're casting off but you do it's like two stitches knitting off the border instead of one per repeat so i feel like that's going a little faster yeah not much faster but a little faster also it's only 10 rows so as opposed to 32 so it's it's uh it is a little faster that way but i'm having fun with it um i'm probably gonna pick up some stuff to do in between this because it is gonna take a while but for now this is what i'm plugging away at that's not the end of it though that's just the end of that section no this is the last section this is section four so this will be it so i have really yep there's one is the pumpkins two is the glow sticks three is the spider webs and then four is called costumes and it's like this fun little ruffle bind off is it because it's not... I thought the yeah, finished so, okay. photo looks so, huge. Yeah. when you stretch this sons of uh, um, it's huge. Because <laughs> I thought the same thing. Sorry. I, I thought I, the same I thing. I did. I was like, I'm like, I was like oh, this like, is really tiny. Yeah, and then I'm, I'm like not, looking at the picture and I'm like, oh, they, they like, they stretch it. it. Like yeah. it is. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at her saying, when you stretch this sons of bitch. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, because it's supposed to be like that, so you, you, so you do have you to block it aggressively. Would you like it. me to block it for you? Yes, I'm really you good. You are good at aggressive blocking. I'm very good at aggressive blocking. I got it. I'm all about it. So yes, but but I know because I was thinking, I'm like, this can't be it. It's so small, and then I'm like, oh no, you just you just block this. <laughs> 
I don't know. Now I don't feel as intimidated by it. No, yeah. it's really not bad. Um, because I thought it was way bigger, like in terms of actual like. No, yeah, yeah, it is yeah. like it's very squishy in the way. Um, the way it knits together is it does open it because a lot of it is like lace work or a very stretchy cable. And so, yeah, it just opens, opens up. Drea? I have gone back to my Celtic Myths fingering shawl. I'm going to finish this border. You're going to do it. It's going to happen by a seat of cribs. <laughs> it's going to happen by a seat of cribs. It's the, pa- the pattern is by a seat of cribs. <laughs> it's going to happen by a seat of cribs. <laughs> and I'm using Cascade Heritage in Moss. Be sure to check out our website, pardonmystash.com, for more information, as well as pictures regarding our current projects, patterns, and yarns. And now, your friendly neighborhood fiber farm with Drea. So for today's friendly neighborhood fiber farm, we are going to be going all the way out to Oregon. 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 Pacific Northwest. Yes. We are going to the Covered Bridge Farm. Ooh. Sounds quaint. Uh, It does sound pretty quaint. Um, I actually had a really nice conversation throughout the afternoon with Nicole. She is the owner of the Covered Bridge Farm. Uh, She grew up on a sheep farm, which I thought was really cool. She is the third generation of sheep farmers in her family, Mm. which is also... Impressive really longevity. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So Nicole and her mother started the Covered Bridge Farm as a team back in 2007. She purchased a single Romney lamb called Clover for her Youth 4-H project. 4-H is a youth leadership and development club for ages 10 through 18. And it allows kids to learn and develop skills and interests not necessarily taught in schools. Cooking and food preservation entomology, geology, fiber arts, regular arts, lots of cool stuff. Sounds like I need to put my kids in that. Uh, Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, it sounds like a really good program and kids will spend the the whole year being guided by adults on these interests and um, different like skill sets. And by the end of the year, they present their projects and what they've learned at state and county fairs. Mm. That's nice. That's cool. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Um, It's similar to the program uh, Future Farmers of America. I don't know if you've heard of that one. We Mm -hmm. have that at my school. Yep, but but I guess um, Future Farmers has like parent volunteers, Mm -hmm. but the 4-H has like professional volunteers. Gotcha. So you're getting um, all this information from people in the industry to help you along with like all these special interest projects. Got it. So Nicole was interested in learning how to spin and various other fiber arts and chose a Romney lamb for wool purposes for her final like 4-H project. She and her mom learned that they were going to have way more wool than what two beginner fiber artists could use. So they got in contact with a local fiber mill and had their first batch of wool processed started attending fiber festivals, and then opened an online shop. Oh, nice. Covered Bridge Farm is now going to be celebrating 15 years this upcoming fall, and their team has expanded to include Nicole's husband and two children as well. 
Oh, nice. So it's like a whole family endeavor. Yeah. And the name of their of their farm comes from the fact that their area has more than six historic covered bridges in like the immediate area, which I think is really cool. They're like surrounded by covered bridges. So on the covered bridge farm, they raise Romney sheep, which are white and natural colored and horned Dorset sheep, which Mm. are also white and natural colored. Now, what I didn't know is that the Horned Dorset sheep are considered to be a threatened breed by the Livestock Conservancy, and their farm is a provider for the Shave em to Save em program. Oh. Shave them to save them. Shave them to save them. Huh. <laughs> it encourages fiber artists to try using rare wools and helps shepherds learn how to prepare their wool for sale and reach potential customers, thereby making it um, more profitable to raise heritage breeds. So what you're telling me is that I need to purchase yarn made by those sheep and I need to do it excessively to help. 100%. Okay. In fact, if you would like to know more information about Shave Them to Save Them, there is a ton of information uh, about that program and various other fiber arts resources on the livestockconservancy.org website. So you can check that out and get all that cool information. Cool. I'm down for saving the sheep. As we all should be. (laughs) Well, yeah. So the natural colored horned dorset is a pretty unique feature to the Covered Bridge Farm. Horned dorsets are traditionally white, which is the only color accepted by the breed registry. And that's true for many sheep breeds because of the wool industry. White wool takes dye more evenly. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like what they're looking for for their registry. Yeah. Because um, natural colored wool, gray, black, they don't, they don't take the, the dyes as well. So after discovering that their flock had the recessive natural colored genes, they decided to, ve- to develop a flock of purebred natural colored horn dorsets, ah. which I think is really cool. That is really cool. Especially since they're like a threatened species. Mm. Um, in addition to sheep, they also raise khaki campbell ducks raise the hoot of the what now khaki campbell ducks khaki campbell ducks yeah do they, what are those i mean they, besides ducks do they wear khakis they are the color of khaki huh but they are actually um they're bred for their egg production uh the khaki campbell ducks are also on the livestock conservancy watch list mm-hmm. so raising the ducks super adorable they're almost becoming like a sanctuary yeah I think that's really cool. Nicole says that there are many things that she enjoys about living the farm life. But one of the most rewarding parts of living the farm dream is being able to be a part of a traceable product and being able to share it and the story with others. So being able to see the lambs being born, watch them grow up, seeing their fleeces shorn, and then like seeing customers send her pictures of the things that they have made with their yarn. I think that's really cool. That you get, you get cool. to see it from like multi stages. Yeah. The whole process. Yeah. That is really cool. Where the fleece comes from and where it goes. Where did it How come it from? Up. Cotton on Joe. <laughs> <laughs> they do produce their own yarn and they also have roving available for purchase for those of you who like to spin. Nice. Uh, Most of their yarn is roving and it's done in small batches and it's made from the fleece of either one or two sheep. 
Hmm. So super small batch. And if you don't want to buy their yarn from their website, they are going to be at a few fiber festivals coming up. They're going to be at the Black Sheep Gathering from June 24th to the 26th. And the Oregon Flock and Fiber Festival, October Oof. 15th through the 16th. So fiber. Flock the- and Fiber Festival. It sounds amazing. I know. <laughs> I hope there's birds. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be bringing their sheep to both of these events. And they are going to have a farm booth in the barns. So if you're local to the area, make sure you stop by. See some sheep, pet some yarn. Other way around. Both. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe both. I don't know. I, I, think I, like, both I works. like petting yarn. Yeah, I think both works. Yeah. <laughs> um, both? How about both? Both. Both, both, both is good. Both, both is good. Both is good. They don't have any formal programs at their, at their farm, but they are very passionate about sheep and fiber crafting and teaching about agriculture. And they are super involved in community demonstrations at the local farmer's market and participate in education with the local 4-H clubs. So they do give back to their community, which is amazing. Going full circle. Yeah. Three generations of sheep farmers. Yeah. It's a lot of knowledge. It is a lot of knowledge. Actually, I have so much knowledge from Nicole from a very short conversation that that I had with her. Yeah, she gave you a lot of stuff. Yeah. Do you want to know what my favorite part of the interview was? What? My favorite part of any interview with the Fiber Farms. Well, we all know that every animal has its own unique personality. The star of the Covered Bridge Farm is, (laughs) in fact, a horn dorset named Sugar. Sugar. Yeah. If you go to if you go to their Instagram, like there are so many photos of this sheep. She is sassy. She is photogenic. She looks like she knows it. (laughs) (laughs) She looks like she lives to be in front of the camera. That's awesome. And I like that in a sheep. If Jess (laughs) would like to check out the sheep, if you would like to check out the sheep, you can follow them on Instagram at Covered Bridge Farm, or you can go directly to their website, www.cbfiber.com. On to our main topic. This week we've got deciding what to knit. How do you decide what you want to knit? I spin the roulette wheel. Do you have though. a roulette I, wheel? I really don't. I'm just being oh, sarcastic. Like, I got real excited for a second. I was uh, like, I want to see it. That'd be really funny. Like, like the prices. If you had like a prices dun, dun, right dun, wheel dun, and had like dun, all the dun, projects dun, that you kind of wanted to knit. Only see, I know me, and if I did that, I'd spin it and then be like, no, I don't want to knit that, and I'd spin it again. I'd be like, yeah, I don't feel like knitting dun, that dun, either. Dun, dun, I don't have the yarn for that. Yeah, it would be problematic. I couldn't do it. <laughs> would you get stuck in the wheel? What? Like Drew Carey. No, oh my God. I would not get stuck in the wheel. His first day hosting, he spun the wheel and he got stuck. <laughs> I, I need to look that, that up now. I bet that's hilarious. I did not know that. That's that funny. That is amazing. And, um, and now you know. Yeah, the, the more, more you know. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. When I, when I go to pick a new project, generally, I start with the yarn. Honestly, mm. I start with the yarn. What do I feel like knitting with? What is this going to be? Exactly. Yeah. What, do, what does this need to be? If I am super excited about knitting with a yarn, I try to find a pattern that suits the yarn. I usually don't pick a pattern and then find the yarn to suit it. Sometimes I do. But generally, I start with the yarn. What am I really excited to knit with? And then I try to find something it goes with. I feel like I do that most often as well. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll be cruising Ravelry and I'm like, ooh, that looks cool. I need to make that. Yeah. Yeah. And then inevitably it will sit in my queue and <laughs> not get made because by the time that I have the time to make the thing, 
the fire has gone out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, why did I ever mm-hmm. choose this to begin with? But so. you know what? Then I find something new and I'm super excited about it. I would say I'm the opposite. I uh, definitely pick the project and then figure out what yarn I'm going to get because mm-hmm. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> you're not gonna go shopping we in do, your ample stash. stash no honestly no well i've been better about that but like but b- in the before times um i would in the before times, <laughs> before times <laughs> i would be on ravelry or even just like on social media and seeing people release patterns and stuff mm-hmm. and i'd be like "Ooh, i'll make that i'm making that and I would start whip number 17. <laughs> and I would be like, oh, okay, so this one calls for a halter top. All right, so where am I going to find the yarn? You know what's interesting, though? And I don't, I feel like I'm divulging a dirty secret. Oh, tell me. Okay, so I realized while, because you, you guys were talking about how you like, you pick the yarn mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, this yarn is so great. I'm going to like make something with it. I tend to not touch my really nice yarn because I like I oh, curated girl. it What's the and point? it just it just stays on the wall and no, then like touch it no like I I look through my whips no it's it's not that she doesn't like physically touch it it's that she's not I going to knit with it. it I don't knit no, with it no you need to knit with the good stuff they're show pieces they have become show pieces yes but if you use them you can get different show pieces. No, yeah, no, no, no. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I am, I'm admitting there's my, no, there's no my project shame. that's good enough. <laughs> that, no, shame. I honestly, no, it's, it's because a lot, especially because I have, I have quite a bit of fancy yarn that you is non replaceable. Like if it went in a fire and the insurance was like, okay, how much was that? I'd be like, oh my God, like priceless. Um, they don't make reprodu- it anymore. They don't make it okay. anymore. Okay. So you need to do baby steps. I do. You need to start with like a Malabrigo or something that you can easily get again. And then maybe over like a 10 year span of time, you may get to the point where you can use a groovy hues. Okay. Maybe. I, I have a fun story for you. <laughs> oh boy. Lay do it on re- me. Do you remember? Probably. When I was knitting that headband in the Malabrigo. Yeah. And I said to you, this is actually the first time I've ever used my Malabrigo. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do remember that. That was this Christmas. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I was floored. Especially after you went to Village Wool yep. and bought all that Malabrigo. I did. I did. I had no idea you weren't using it. No. I have like a hoarder mentality. But like, you can replace the Malabrigo. <laughs> it's I, super common. I, I know. Do you? But it's nice. Are you sure? Do you know what I knit with though? What I end up knitting with? Acrylic. Acrylic. I know. Yeah. I've I do. It. I've seen it often. I know. <laughs> like, like the. I mean, it has its place. But yeah. Well, okay. So, like, if I ma- if I'm making clothing, for some reason, I lean towards the acrylics and stuff because I'm so worried about damaging right. the yarn from wear. Yeah. Like from excessive wear. So right. if I'm making like a top or a, or even a sweater, I'm like. I don't want to make it in like really nice yarn and then all of a sudden, you know, it falls apart or pills or yeah. Deciding what to knit is definitely project first, then the yarn. And I need to start picking my nice yarn. Yes, I really do. It's too nice to be on the wall constantly. (laughs) I can help you. Show me a pattern and I'll be like this. This is the one. Yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely like the plies and hellhounds that we bought the other the at CT. Well, Fiber we Fest. bought that with a we specific idea for that. Yeah, we have a plan. I think for that's that. what you need to start doing when you buy. The I need nice to plan. Stuff. You need to think yeah. about what am I going to do with this because yeah. then then maybe you'll use it because it is yeah. it's such nice yarn to just be hanging sitting out sitting there. Yeah. What about you, Jess? Um, it depends. Project or yarn first. It depends. Um, what do you mean it depends. It depends. On you have to I'm be feeling. one or the other side. No, I can't. No, if, if you know anything about no, Jess, I, I can't. I'm kidding. Jess is not any one way. <laughs> I, I can't. So there, wait a few minutes. Your <laughs> answer will change. It will. Hundred percent. Um, sometimes I get yarn. Like, okay, I have this project. I'm going to get this yarn for it. And then I find different yarn that I want for the project. And then that yarn sits and I end up being like, well, now I have to find something for this yarn. And now I have to look for a project instead. So it kind of depends. And sometimes like there, there are like things where I'm like, oh, that yarn is pretty. I've never seen it before. It's seasonal. I'm going to get it and find something to do with it later. And then I forget about it until like later. Sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm totally going to get this for this particular project, which is sitting in a queue, both both the yarn and the project just waiting for me to start it. Um, and then there's sometimes, like, I mean, this past when we went to the Fiber Fest for Plies and Hellhounds, where I was like, no, I have this idea. I know what yarn I want to get for it. Both are happening at the same time. It's it's a magical thing. That a vision. I had a vision. that That's probably going to be my next project after this. But, um, but yeah, so it, it does. It depends <laughs> on the day of the week. And how you're feeling. And how I'm and feeling and what I've seen. how much sleep you've had. That you... What kind of day you were having? Was I looking at Ravelry recently? Did I see a random shawl online that I actually found the pattern to? Did your cat sit on you today? These are all important factors. Does anyone schedule their whips? I don't Uh, understand. It depends. Like, do you close to the beginning or the end of the year go like okay so next year i'm gonna do all these things this is my plan. do you know what i did do that at the beginning of this year i will maybe finish three <laughs> i'm in I the pick, boat yeah i picked <laughs> okay. out like 10 different projects or something and look this is gonna get finished and i think there's like a gift on mine that is gonna get finished and the rest of them it's it's anybody's guess. i don't even know if i'm gonna finish my sweater do uh gifts affect anybody's choices sometimes yes absolutely yeah a hundred percent of the time because i feel like i have a good like i like i mentioned the scheduling and the gifts because i feel like i've sometimes like i'll make a a schedule quote unquote and then like gifts will completely throw off my schedule because mm. i'm like wait a second i gotta finish this i have to do this really quick yeah what about skill level what do you mean would skill level affect what you decide to knit um sometimes. i think it depends on the mood i'm in sometimes i'm in the mood to stretch myself and sometimes i'm like you know what my capacity right now is stuff i know how to do I'm not going to lie. I routinely do not look at patterns before I choose to do them. So I'll be like, yeah, that looks really cool. And then I'll actually like pay for the pattern, download it, and then cast on the project. And then after I get the cast on done, I'm like, okay, let's read this pattern. (laughs) You know, you're in good company because I've been doing those um, choose your knitter reels. Mm -hmm. And one of them was actually reads through the pattern. And there were so many people that were like, who reads through the pattern? Yes. Do Do you know what? Do you know what? I read the sweater pattern that I'm working on about 
a dozen times before I cast on. Because That's a complicated pattern. It was a complicated pattern, and I was very intimidated by it. So I think I just kept reading it to put off my cast on. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. No, I was going to say, though, sometimes that that's where I have trouble wanting to get a paid pattern because obviously right, they can't, you can't write the pattern. Um, Shalloween, I like because it at least told you a little bit about they're like, OK, pattern one has some cables. Pattern two is um, is like a garter. Pattern three is a lace. So I knew yeah. at least what was coming. But a lot of them are just like. No, yeah, like it, some people think it's an intermediate, but I'm like, but, but is it really? Is it harder? Right. Is it intermediate easier? to who? Like, what? What is this? And sometimes there's only so much you can see from pictures. Yeah. Um. So I do a lot of times actually have a harder time with paid patterns, even if I really like it, because I'm like, am I gonna am I gonna open this and get to it and realize, oh my god, I thought this was like a complicated pattern and it's basically stocking it, um, and yeah. I'll die. So, yeah. so that is tough. So I do like when, the, when they do give a little bit of like, hey, this pattern involves whatever. A lot of times I'll look at those the tags. a little closer for, for that reason. But sometimes that are just complete blanks. Even if I like what it looks like, I'll, I'll usually steer clear of them because I'm not positive. No, I'll pay for the pattern. Then I'll be like, hmm, that was a choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes with the paid patterns uh, especially on Ravelry you can kind of gauge if it's popular you can and has a lot of finished projects people tend to give really good ratings uh, the rating system relatively I say relatively because so I've seen a couple patterns that were like clearly I don't know if it was paid reviews I don't know if it, I don't know but like the the rating system is like not accurate to like because there's that rating about like the difficulty, difficulty yeah. the ease of reading and all that and yeah. like sometimes it's like this is super easy to read and then i download it and i'm like this is You're this like, is what? not this i is have not literally never looked at any of that information before. um sometimes you really? can find two yeah. people that did them they'll actually leave very good comments about places where they had difficulty or anything like that so you can kind of go off of that too but it's not as no. Honestly, one of my <laughs> biggest pet peeves in patterns is um, when you've got like a sweater and it doesn't tell you in the description whether it's top down or bottom up. Oh, um, that drives me crazy, uh, doesn't too. it? Yeah, because, because it's there's such definitely a, huge a preference. Difference. Yes, and like I, I am a top down girl all the way. Love doing it from the top down. I have done the bottom up mm -hmm. and it I struggle when I get to the sleeves every single time yeah. because it's just not It's it, so finicky. It's very finicky. It, yeah. I find it a lot easier to go top down than yeah. the other way. When yeah. I did Mariel's outlet sweater, um I thought that was top down. I was sure it was a top down cuz it had the yoke. And then of course I was like, "Oh, it's cables." You're not going to do cables upside down. I should have known it was bottom up, but I didn't realize that until I downloaded the sweater and I was reading the pattern and I was like, whoa, wait, wait, what? We're not starting with the collar. We're starting with the bottom. Um, same thing with the dress I was going to make her. I'm still going to make it for her, but next year when she's big enough for it, um, I expected it to stop at start at the neckline and it started at the hem and it just no for designers heads up is nice in your description yeah because there's Tell definitely us. there's definitely yeah. people who prefer bottom up as well right right so exactly. it's good to just kind of have and that it's, preference it's kind known. of it's kind of sucky if you've paid for a pattern and you're like i really am not comfortable doing that that way um and i would not have bought the pattern if i knew that that was the case 
So it's just a just a yeah, little thing a to keep in mind. Because yeah. I always get disappointed when I pay for a sock pattern and then it's toe up instead of mm, cuff down. That's another thing that they should yeah, tell you. Yeah. Or or a short row heel as opposed to a flap heel. Because some people do have preferences. I don't personally know how to do a short row heel. I've never done one. I don't do socks anymore. So I'm probably never going to learn. But some people have a, a serious preference or they, they don't want to do it the other way. See, if I run into that, I just change it. Oh, really? No, I do. <laughs> yeah. Just slap well, yeah. on a flap heel. I yeah. do. Yeah, depending on... You can do that, too. I mean, if certain types of projects that you've done over and over, like if you've done socks over mm-hmm. and over like you have, I'm sure you, yeah, you can be like, yeah, I'm going to do it this way. You yeah. can completely fudge a sock pattern. Like, if you can do a sock without a pattern. I feel that way about beanies. Flat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When, you, when, you've, when you've done a few pairs and you're like, I want to do a basic sock, you need a pattern at yeah. that point. You just kind of throw it together. Um, another pattern thing I have is when they don't actually tell you how much yarn you're going to need, like roulette. Or if it's a drastic difference, like it might be 100, it might be 900 yards and you're like, But uh-huh. it's one size and you're like, but wait, <laughs> what? How, how, if how your gauge are you is really... Um, <laughs> No, well, there's well, especially with color work stuff, because I found they're, they're like, oh, you need one skein of each. So it's like you go out and get a oh, new skein of that. each. And then it's like, oh, but we only use like a, one color in the border. And then the rest of it is all the other one. And you're like, so I just spent all this money on a skein thinking it was going to be through the whole thing. And you're... I'm wasting this entire no, and that's where we just changed the topic totally into pet peeves about patterns. But um, <laughs> when when the designer doesn't list the actual yardage or weight, they're just like, I used three skeins of this very specific yarn. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. And then you have and to do you've research. Got to figure, to well, you've got to figure out. out what's the yardage of that yarn. Yeah. How heavy is it? Like da 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 da. Sometimes it's like, an indie yarn, and you're like. This doesn't exist. This doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> there's a really good, I can't remember what the website's called, but there's a very good website um, that lets you do, it gives you comparisons. Yeah. It does comparisons. So if, if I put in, um, I don't know, Malabrigo, it'll say like, okay, you can re- substitute with, these are the following, and this mm-hmm. is a percentage of how well it substitutes. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it's called, but it's out yeah. there. Google it. <laughs> I think that's, that's especially rough if you were trying to knit on a budget. And you see a gorgeous pattern and you're like, I really want to knit with that. But the designer, um, you know, through no fault of their own, obviously, has a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sponsorship with, mm. a, with a brand of yarn. And that if that's out of your price point, um, which it sometimes can be, it can, it's frustrating to have to try and find a replacement yarn. Yeah. Do I want to knit with this? Well, not if I don't know what I'm knitting. I really do hate, and I, I realize there's no way that a designer can do like a preview because no, they'd but, be screwed. But it I, is really hard, you know, not knowing what you're getting into, especially if you're shelling out big bucks for a pattern. Some patterns are really expensive, mm. and then you get it, and you're like, "Oh no!" I did that a few months ago. I bought a baby blanket uh, pattern, and it was so boring, except for the hem. The hem was gorgeous, like the border, but the baby blanket itself, I was like, "Oh no, I can't, I can't do this." I got about a quarter of the way through it, and I was like, mm-mm, this ain't, this ain't happening. Or there's a few that are in there, and they're like a stitch, and you don't realize it's a pattern. It's just like you're buying the stitch to know how to do it, so you see all these Wait, like... what? Oh, you know, yeah, so it'll be like a picture of like a shawl or something, and they're like, yeah, this this thing, and then it's like you get it, and it's like, no, this just tells you how to do the stitch. There's no other math for this. It's like... You, no, I dislike that. I've never seen and that. I dislike I, that. You... 
every you don't get once to in a while stitches Come but on. it's like but it's but it is you will see where it's where it's a stitch and it's not actually the product you think you're getting i have never um, seen that but that is obnoxious so they used to do that a lot with the crocodile stitch or, or and you don't see it much stop. anymore stop yeah I, I like bootlegged that until they started releasing you how to do the stitch for free. keep stitches. <laughs> Come on, so, man. Yeah. That's, that's just gatekeeping, plain and simple. Yeah. So if you see something like that where it's a stitch, a trust, do, do Google first before you yeah, buy that. Because most say. of the time, they'll at least show you how to do the stitch and then go find something to do with that stitch elsewhere. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. I yeah. didn't either, and yeah, I'm kind yeah. of horrified. No, and again, this was this this was back when I first started Crocodile Stitch years and years ago. Ravelry was still new, so I'm like, you don't see it. I don't think I've seen any of those ones really anymore, like like a Crocodile Stitch or anything like that. That's just the stitch anymore. But but yeah, there there used Hmm. to be things that were like, yeah, pay for learning the stitch. They they review the patterns a lot more. They have a lot more Mm. moderators on Ravelry. Yeah, I say that as someone who uploads patterns to Ravelry semi often. It's they. So yeah, yeah, so they probably cut. There's like a there's like a little edit tab that will like tell you who's modified like your pattern page. Oh, I didn't even know. And I, I like the first one. I the first the seed dot. Like I put in like all this stuff and then there's just a moderator. It's like, remove this, remove that, remove that. And I'm like, oh, I oh. must up. And she's fixing it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this week's topics. For additional content and opportunities to connect with the cast, check out our Patreon and our website at pardonmystash.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more laughs, love, and llamas. And pardon my stash. <laughs>